Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Surek joins me. It is time to get back to work after the bye week and time to focus on these five remaining games in the regular season, beginning Monday against the New England Patriots. Who do we want to see step up on both offense and defense over these last five games? First, though, Danny comes clean. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 622, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half a 5. He's in again. Some more Murray Magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. So right off the top here on this Wednesday, one week ago, Danny, you lied, but for good reason. I'm sorry, Craig. Um, I lied for my dad, if that makes it any better. My dad had a big birthday last week, and so I was going home to surprise him for the bye weekend um, to celebrate with him and my family. And so when you asked me... What I was doing for the bye week, if I was going home, I couldn't say that I was going home when we recorded on Wednesday because my dad is a loving, supporting father who listens and watches all of our content, and I didn't want him to listen to the podcast before I got home Friday night and ruined the surprise. Now, it wasn't much of a surprise to begin with, but that's another story, but that is why I lied to you. It was with good intent. I apologized as soon as we got off air. I apologized on Cardinals Underground with Darren Urban and Paul Calvisi, so I hope that you can forgive me. Perfectly acceptable, and yes, forgiven, that's that's without question, but I'm just, I'm pleased that amongst the many Bird Gang fans out there that we can claim Mr. Sarek. Oh, of course. He's an avid listener. I appreciate that. Yes. That's good. So it was a good weekend away. It was a good weekend away. It was quick. It was nice to be home. Got to see my family. Got to see my friends. Um, My nephew, who like is at the point where the fact that I hadn't seen him in five months, he's about a year and a half now. So he was like a completely different (laughs) child than the last time I saw him. So I'm really glad I got to go home and relax. Did you get to do the same? Did not do much. It was a good break if you will mental break because you know physical break that's for players to coach it there there's no physical break for us look we don't we don't do anything that's any of exercise it's more of a mental break but as I mentioned to you one week ago was okay let's how how much can I clean out of the DVR and that was basically what Friday Saturday and Sunday was and to a certain extent Monday as well but yes it is back to work and no hard knocks episode this week coming off the bye week so a little bit early Edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We will resume the reaction next Wednesday, coming off the hopeful win against the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football because, as we've explained in detail, much more enjoyable watching hard knocks in season when you know that the team won on either that Sunday or Monday. Yeah, that was what was so hard coming off that last episode against the Chargers you know, a game that the Cardinals really had. It was just, you know, a few mistakes at the end that really cost them on offense, knocking those last couple first downs. Defense, that two-point conversion to lose by one point. So hopefully the Cardinals can get this win to have those better hard knocks episodes. And also, you know, it's crazy at 4-8 and mathematically. They're not eliminated from the playoffs yet. 
the chances are slim, yes. Very slim. However, with how wacky the rest of the NFC still looks, now some teams are are starting to create separation, but some of the other spots, I mean, it's pretty crazy how it still looks. So if they went out and they have a couple things happen and those other teams start losing and the fact that the 49ers lost Jimmy G for, well, not for the season, but has that foot injury, it's crazy to say that anything is still possible. And when you look at the remaining five teams on the Cardinals' schedule, that rings true. You got the Patriots on Monday, a road trip to Denver, home to the Buccaneers on Christmas night, and then back-to-back road trips at Atlanta and at San Francisco. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins both brought that up. Look, we're not eliminated. Yes, we're in a must-win situation, but they each brought up this. The focus is on what we can control, and that is performing on Monday or on Sunday, the rest of the regular season, because that's all that they can control. When you leave it up to everyone else, then it becomes much more difficult. And I remember a conversation we had earlier this season. You don't want more dominoes or more hurdles put in front of you that you have to knock down, and that's where the Cardinals are at this point. That's why that lost the Chargers, because you had that game. You had it right there in your hands, and you let it slip away. And that could be one of the games, and there might be several games, that you look back on and say, what if? If this had gone the other way, then yeah, the Cardinals are playing in mid-January. I see that you know, when the season comes to a closure, it's going to be a lot of what-ifs. This, to me, feels like that kind of season of hindsight of, we talked a lot about training camp and, and the workload at training camp and preseason, the starters not getting any preseason snaps and how that seemed to affect that Kansas City game quite significantly, especially on defense. Um, The what if of all the injuries that this team has faced. You have one offensive starter, knock on wood, who has not missed a game, which is your right tackle, Kelvin Beecham. There has just been a lot, and I I feel like we're going to get to a point of it's all the what ifs. But it's unfortunate the Cardinals find themselves in a spot that you don't want to be, which is one, a must win every game from here on out. And two, you're going to have to start relying on other teams to pull through for you. And that's just never a situation you want to be into where you're having to scoreboard watch or you're having to rely on certain teams to do certain things and have outcomes that, that that's not in your control. So I get what they're saying is all we can do is focus on what we can control because everything else is out of our hands at this point. And the focus this week, week 14, the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. 6-15 is the kickoff, 2-30 pregame. And for those that are headed to the game, make sure you bring a unwrapped toy, new unwrapped toy. The Cardinals are participating in a toy drive presented by Desert Financial Credit Union. You can go bring a new unwrapped toy to the game, drop it off at any location outside the stadium, and the toy drive benefits Arizona Helping Hands. So it's going to be a good crowd. Look, the Patriots are in a similar situation at 6-6. They're still alive in the postseason. And you talk about the Patriots, and it's Bill Belichick. It's amazing because if you bring up any other team, I think, in the National Football League, you always focus either on a quarterback or maybe a star offensive skilled player or a defensive player but anytime you bring up the Patriots it's one name it's Bill Belichick third winning as coach in NFL history I, I got a chance to talk with Calvin Beecham this week on the sideline exchange interview I had and I asked him about that of the challenges going up against a coach like Bill Belichick because he constantly has his team in the game and that that's what Calvin said was no matter where he's played in his career every time he's gone against the Patriots no matter 
how much you might be up by what the situation is. You can't count them out, not just because of the players, but because of the coach and the way that he has his team prepared every week and what he has up his sleeve. And and it is really interesting to hear that, you know, this is one of those unique situations where a lot of the talk is about the coach and also his relationship with Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. It was Bill Belichick in 2001, I believe, that or 2000 that drafted Cliff Kingsbury out of Texas Tech in the sixth round. Did not see a lot of time, spent a lot of that season on injured reserve, but you even talk with Cliff to this date about that time and how much he learned from just watching not only how Belichick and his staff at the time organizes practice, but just the preparation to be prepared for anything and everything that may come up in a game. And I've heard players talk about it who have played for the Patriots. Nothing is left because even on a Friday, maybe it's the last thing you do and you're thinking, why are we going over this situation? And wouldn't you know it, either that week or a week coming up, they're in that situation where it's late game or a special team situation or a certain rule that Belichick knows that maybe not everyone else does. And then the next thing you know, that's the difference between a win and a loss. And you got to respect it. The thing with this Patriots team, though, is the offense is their weak spot. Um, that That's what's been inconsistent. The defense has been playing much better than the offense, and they've got the third most sacks in the league. Linebacker Matthew Judon spearheads that with 13. So when you've got an offense, now the offensive line will likely see their ninth starting combination this week, but I I do think that the last couple weeks they have looked pretty good considering four of the five starters are on IR, considering you have one game where your former tight ends coach, now your offensive line coach and run game coordinator Steve Hyden was at the helm. So I think all things considered that this backup offensive line I know Paul Cavisi likes to call him I think he's going with Beach and the boys Beach him and the boys is what he's calling the backups I think Beach and the backups is that what he decided on Um, he's very alliterative when it comes to nicknames if you haven't noticed yes Um, but it's it's going to be a challenge for that group going up against this defense you brought it up the likely ninth different offensive line combination that's because we found out earlier on Wednesday Rashad Coward is dealing with a pec strain. He has started each of the past two games at right guard. And if that happens, again, excuse me, at uh, left guard, and if he misses this week, then now all of a sudden, okay, is it Cody Ford, who started weeks eight and nine? Do you move Lucita Smith from right guard to left guard? I would think that would be unlikely, but if Coward is unable to go and Cliff didn't seem very optimistic that we might see Cody Ford back in there at right guard. Excuse me, at left guard. And then Max Garcia in at right guard? Yes. Just crazy. Crazy what that group has gone through. Um, but, you know, I asked that to Kelvin in the interview, and he was saying, you know, it's it's because that group, everything they've gone through, they're, they're really playing for each other, and everybody wants to go out there and put their best foot forward. And so that's been one of the reasons they've been able to have as much cohesiveness as as they've had because this isn't just a line of backups this has been a revolving door of your a perfect example of what could probably happen this week of you're swapping out a guard here or a tackle here or you're moving this guard from right to left or you've got Josh Jones at left tackle now that DJ Humphreys is on IR and won't come back this season with a back injury it hasn't been easy and then to have the coaching change that they had um, but They're coming off a game against the Chargers, albeit a Chargers defense who does not stop the run well. 
where the Cardinals had 181 rushing yards and a touchdown. James Conner had 120 yards the first time he'd surpassed 100 rushing yards as a Cardinal. So they're coming off a game where despite a loss, they have that confidence knowing that they can do it. Now it's just a matter of stringing that together. Two different left tackles, five different left guards, three different centers, three different right guards, and yeah, one Kelvin Beecham, who, as Josh Jones joked earlier in the week, Danny, at 33 years old, the oldest guy in that room, yet he is the only one who hasn't missed a game, and they're all looking going, what are you doing that we aren't doing? I think a lot of this just is it's just luck. And this offensive line has been very unlucky. It's not a it's not a question of talent or lack of depth. When you are missing that many players, that many starters, it is just bad luck. And that doesn't include missing your starting quarterback for two games, your starting tight end, your wide receivers who, you know, hot missed the first six games of the suspension, and then Hollywood Brown was hurt. Rondo Moore has been in and out of the lineup with injuries. There's been a lot going on. And we learned from a couple of Hard Knocks episodes ago that Kelvin Beecham almost missed a game because he was having health problems. Do you remember that? And then they said, you know, popcornitis. Yes. But the, the, I think it was they thought like an appendix at one point. So he even got close to missing a game. It, it, if you're looking for some some sort of positive, um, I, I do think you can be happy with how this offensive line has improved the last couple of weeks with all the backups. There were some shaky moments. Some errant snaps, miscommunication, too many penalties. And it does seem like that the last couple of weeks they have improved in those self-inflicting wounds. Some other better news as far as the health of this team. Byron Murphy was back on the field on Wednesday participating during the open portion. He's missed the past three games with a back injury. And it does certainly sound, I know Cliff is very big on day-to-day. But when you are dealing with a back issue and Murphy's missed the past three weeks or three games, it does certainly sound like it is day-to-day, that if Murphy wakes up Monday, drives to State Farm Stadium, and hits the field, okay, I'm ready to go, he'll go. I do think it was telling that when the team put DJ Humphreys on IR with a back injury, they didn't do it with Byron. So that had you hopeful that he was on the right track. But you're right, it it is so tricky. Um, That's not, you know like an injury where you might have like a high ankle sprain or something like that, where you can pretty much go through, you have a good idea of how long the recovery process will look like. But to have a back can be so different every single day. But it is really nice that he's out there that first practice coming off the bye week. That would be some much needed help to a secondary. Um, It'll be interesting to see though what other players are able to come back is Greg Dortch able to come back although it probably wouldn't be in the full capacity in terms of special teams and working as a returner Um, Rondell Moore was not out on the practice field so is that something that because it's a Monday night game he can miss that Wednesday practice and come down later in the week or is that make it look like it's pretty unlikely he's going to be able to play Dortch dealing with a thumb and that would mean perhaps maybe if he does play, you're not able to feel kickoffs and punts, and Rondell dealing with a groin, and again, he did not play against the Chargers. First official injury report doesn't come out until Thursday, but it was good to see, okay, 77 different players have suited up and played for the Cardinals this season, but I'll say this, watching practice on a Wednesday did seem like it was 
more players out there, more name players, that they weren't a lot of missing pieces who are eligible to be on the practice field. No vet days. Everyone was present and accounted for outside of a Rondell Moore and Rashad Coward. I think, too, you're coming off the bye week. You, you've you had that extra time to rest up. Now, the players were still being active. It's not like they all just did nothing besides be couch potatoes like you and I probably were. More me than you, probably. <laughs> no, I got to tell you, Sunday, being on the couch, dozing in and out of a nap, just going football game to football game was... I love my job, and I love being able to work on NFL game days, but being able to spend a Sunday that way, that was pretty great. So you're saying you spent some quality family time with you just sitting on the couch watching Well, the rest of my family was in the living room. They were also physically there. So conversing with the family while watching. When I was awake, yes. (laughs) Um, My point being, though, that they've had that extra time to rest and recover the Cardinals players have. So, you know, I I would not expect a vet day. I would not expect a walkthrough the way that they've had the last couple of of practice weeks leading up to games to try and get healthy that that point has come now with this late by you want to share with everyone what you said to me as we walked out to Wednesday's practice I don't know I say a lot of things to you that's Craig. true you do how <laughs> how different and I, I can't remember the correct phrasing but just how odd it was to be outside because this was the first I went back I had to look at it was the first practice since the day after Thanksgiving it almost felt like the off season, like the like OTAs <laughs> or OTA? mini camp or something of like, I was thinking, when was the last time we were out here? It just felt like so long since we have seen a practice. And I guess I was right. Well, on that practice, the day after Thanksgiving followed two days of walkthroughs. So this team just has not had a lot of practice time, either because of not enough bodies or just the way the schedule played out. I mean, coming off the Mexico City game, that was a short week, and it was really short because the team, and yourself included, didn't arrive back until 5 a.m. on Tuesday. And, yeah, Tuesday became a work day for the coaches, and the players didn't return until Wednesday. And, yeah, that was – that, and that felt like a long week just because of everything that happened more off the field than on the field. Yeah, that's true. That, was, that honestly feels like forever ago. Um, much longer than it actually has been. So it was good to kind of get back into this routine. And even still, the routine this week is thrown off a little bit with a Monday night game. Um, I know I was walking around on Tuesday and I was talking to someone in the press conference room about how it was Monday and the timing of everything. I was like, wait a second. And even Kelvin was saying to me today after practice, like, I am just so thrown off. Like, one day makes such a difference in these schedules. And the team will practice Wednesday, Thursday, Nothing scheduled as far as media availability on Friday, but a Saturday practice off Sunday or walk through Sunday and then the game on Monday. So, yeah, this has been certainly – and when you're routine-based, as NFL players are, I mean, you can mark it down on your calendar once the season begins that you know what you're going to do every single day and for it to throw you off just one single day. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, I have no idea what day it is, first of all, and then two, what are we doing on this day? And that was something that, if I'm remembering correctly from the Hard Knocks episode, it might have been the most recent one when they were at Antonio Hamilton's house. And they were looking at the schedule, and I think they were looking around the time between the Mexico City game and then the Chargers game and how he normally had like a massage or a chiropractor on one day, and then he forgot that he had to change it because the week was different. Like it's one day makes all the difference. By the way, congratulations to Antonio Hamilton. His baby boy was born during the bye week. And as our colleague Darren Urban pointed out on social media, 
Cardinal players are three for three for having kids without missing a game. You know what? They're their wives. That's, How about that? Yes. Their yes. wives for the are correction. three for three. <laughs> J.J. Watt, Zach Ertz, and Antonio Hamilton. Yes. Something's Brand new in the fathers. water. Yes. So the timing has been good. Now the question is, can the timing be good for this Cardinals team to finish strong? And that's been the knock on these teams under head coach Cliff Kingsbury. How do you finish? Now it's only a five-game sample size, but five games with the chance to go above 500. And at least, at least look better than you have over these first 12 games. And I think people are waiting, and we hear it each and every week. And Cliff is absolutely correct, although I know it falls on deaf ears sometimes. They still have not played their best football. Maybe a series or two, a quarter, a half, but not a full four quarters. And that's simply not good enough. But that is a good point you bring up, Craig, that not performing well down the stretch has been a problem for this team I really should say for the organization, I guess, because it's been the last couple years, not just this team this year specifically. And, you know, every even if you're mathematically out of the playoffs, what you put on film matters. How this team decides to finish these final five games matters. Every player, every coach, every week you are playing and coaching for your job. And I think that's been proven with what's been going on around the league the last couple of days really is is seeing that um and so I do think it's important that this team finishes strong I think you need to prove that you can break that cycle of finishing strong in the regular season um these last couple home games getting those wins at State Farm Stadium I think is huge especially for the fans and I also just think that you know they have to think about you know what type of player do I want to be what type of teammate how do I want to finish the season that way? The, the person that I'm sitting next to in the locker room, I don't want them to think that I'm not giving my all. And so what's the point of them going out there and giving my all? Like you have to be a good teammate. You have to finish strong physically and mentally. And I do think that's probably the biggest hurdle for this team, especially looking at the team that they're playing the last five weeks, is the mental side of things and not tripping over yourself and getting caught up in the what ifs and all these scenarios and I do think that that's been a big reason as to why they've had self-inflicting wounds or why when you have the lead, you can't hold on to it. I think that's all mental. Each season is its own season, but I do believe that individually you can carry over from one season to the next. And over these five games, and I think the number one thing everyone wants to see is Kyler Murray become Kyler Murray as we saw middle of last season, be in the MVP conversation and work on that chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. All three of those players are going to be here next season. Question is, what is surrounding them? What's going to be on defense? So as we look at these last five games, outside of K-1 on offense for you, Danny, who is the one player, one position group, position unit that you want to see really take a stand and step up and then have that good feeling going into what is probably going to be an ever-evolving offseason for this team. Momentum doesn't carry over season to season, but confidence does. And I do think that's why it is important that Kyler Murray gets back to the Kyler Murray we have seen, the accuracy on the deep balls and the quick decisiveness, because I do think that having that confidence is really important as a franchise quarterback, really any quarterback in the league. Um, but outside of Kyler Murray, I don't know if this is an unfair answer, but it, it feels like the easy choice to say rookie tight end Trey McBride of needing 
more from him. He's in a situation that I'm sure he and the coaching staff didn't really expect him to be in in the season of having Zach Ertz go down for the year. Um, having Max Williams not be as healthy as they probably expected, who was your blocking tight end. So it's really just been Trey McBride and a little bit of Steven Anderson. And despite having, you know, the, the growing pains of being a rookie at this point in the year, second round draft pick, you would want to see more than maybe you're getting from Trey McBride. And it's concerning to me while tight ends are usually not the positions that have the most depth. It's a little concerning if you want to start looking into the future. What you've seen was if you're one tight end and Zach Ertz goes down, does that almost a, completely eliminate the threat of that position? And to me, that's kind of what it feels like. And, I, and I'm, I, I know that might sound unfair of the difference of going from Zach Ertz to Trey McBride because Zach Ertz has been in the league for so long and I don't need to go over his accolades and what he brings to this table. Kyler Murray even said in the offseason that, he didn't know the type of security blanket a tight end could truly be until Zach Ertz joined this team last season. So I know that there's obviously going to be a discrepancy between those two, but that would be a player that I would want to see improvements on these last five games to to really know what you're working with in the future. There is an expectation when you are selected in the second round, and that's the same expectation that I think a Trey McBride has. But to your point, and it was the same name I wrote down when I looked at this offense – He's in a spot that neither he nor the team expected him to be. But how does he respond to being that starting tight end, being the number one tight end? Because when you have a DeAndre Hopkins on one side and a Hollywood Brown on the other, that middle is wide open, and it's perfect for the tight end. Cliff Kingsbury has brought up how much open space a Zach Ertz would have had against the Chargers. That needs to be now Trey McBride to be that underneath threat, if you will, that security blanket that you brought up for Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler, as asked about Trey McBride earlier, said he's got all kinds of confidence in Trey McBride, but at the same time, quote, we got to get Trey going because they don't have Zach Ertz the rest of the season. Trey McBride has not, he's seen a lot of time, just hasn't seen a lot of targets. Eight over the last three games because you don't have a Zach Ertz, but he needs to, I think, step up, whether that's blocking, whether that is receiving, and just being more involved, and I think being a target of Kyler Murray. Now, you need to be smart when you target Trey McBride because as we go back to the Chargers game, Trey McBride was targeted twice in that fourth quarter. D-Hop and Hollywood were targeted a combined one time. Now, that's... That is where we go back to your point about Kyler Murray and the decision-making. But I would like to see Trey McBride, if he is your second-round pick and the future at that position, Zach Ertz is under contract for two more years. But there is no guarantee that he is here for two years. Trey McBride will be here. And I think it's a pretty similar but different um, mindset for me when looking on the defense. Because my answer, I thought about this, would probably be Isaiah Simmons. And that's because, similar to what I was saying about with Kyler Murray, I do think that confidence is really important, especially for Isaiah, who was benched for the first time in his career at the start of the season. However, the way he handled himself professionally and through practice is how he earned back those snaps. But I think it's important to see what you get out of him these final five games when you're looking to how your defense in the future looks. 
he has that unique skill set to play anywhere on the field. Paul Calvisi, bringing him up again, has dubbed him Isaiah Simmons. And he hasn't been working as much with the linebackers this year. It was much more with the safeties. That's the room he's been working in. That's the position room. And it's been an adjustment, to say the least. And I don't think that's because Isaiah doesn't have the skills to be to excel at what they are wanting him to do. I just think it's taking a little bit longer mentally to know where he needs to be because we heard on the Hard Knocks episode when he was talking to DB's coach, Marcus Robertson, of saying, you know, he was saying to Isaiah, you play so much better when you don't have to think about what you're doing when you already know. And so I think it's important to know what you have in Isaiah Simmons when you're going to start looking to the future of the defense of how are you going to maybe not build around him, but what kind of piece is he going to be for you so you know how you're going to build your DB's room or your linebacker's room or what kind of pass rushers you might need. And so I think he he plays a pretty big role in what the future of this defense is going to look like. So that's why it's important to me to see consistent play and to see Isaiah really continue to step up these final five games. It's a good call on your part because it's the consistency that this coaching staff has been talking about when it comes to Isaiah Simmons. He can make the highlight reel, the sports center play, but are you where you're supposed to be in just the routine play, the routine down? And I'm curious, that conversation that Hard Knocks picked up between he and Marcus Robertson, when that conversation took place. Was it early in the season after Isaiah was benched or was that more closer to that Hard Knocks episode going into the Chargers game? Because it was, you know, you're drafted as a number one or the first round pick, top 10 because of your skill set, your success in college. And then you come here and you're no longer that big fish. You're among many big fish. And it's it takes some time to figure out, right, I got here. What do I need to do to stay here? What is my preparation? What is what is my practice habits need to be in order to be successful on Sunday? And I think for Isaiah Simmons, it's taken him a little bit longer than anyone would like, realistically speaking. And again, going back to Trey McBride, there's an expectation. You're a first-round draft pick. We should not wait this long. And that's just the way we are as a society no faults of Isaiah Simmons, but that's the position you were put in. And you're right, because if Isaiah Simmons is going to be in that secondary or is he going to be on the edge, then that trickle-down is, okay, what do we need in the offseason, draft, free agency, to complement the skill set of an Isaiah Simmons? And this is going to be the time until May if the Cardinals decide whether or not they're going to want to pick up Isaiah's fifth-year option. So there's just there's going to be a lot of decisions um, based around, I think, you know, his play overall, but the way he plays these final five games, I think, could hold a lot of weight. The other two players that I wrote down, and I think they're just in sync because they're both third round draft picks. They both play the edge, and that is Cameron Thomas and MyJ Sanders. They each have two sacks. They are your leading sack masters, if you will, from the outside linebacker room, which is not good when you have a Marcus Golden and a Dennis Gardak who have been here and know this defense. But it goes back to what you were saying. Do you need an edge rusher in the offseason if Thomas and or Sanders can show you here those last five games that they can handle that role, that position? Because it is a need. This team does not have a lot of sacks. When J.J. Watt and Zach Allen are your number one and number two leaders in sacks, good for them, but they play with their hand in the dirt 
and that's not good. You need that outside pressure to get that quarterback off his spot. It hasn't happened enough this season. Quarterbacks have been too comfortable against this Cardinals defense. Yeah, another position that's you know the future. I think they're going to look at these last couple of games specifically and, and make a lot of decisions based off that. So I like that. Three players that really, actually four, Trey McBride on offense, Isaiah Simmons, Cameron Thomas, and MyJ Sanders. Yeah, young players because that's what this league is based on. It's the youth unless you get to a quarterback that is in their 10th, 12th year and you can play for a long period of time. But important five games here, not just for those players that we talked about, but I think for a lot of players, again, are you here next season? Are you elsewhere next season? Are you not even in the league next season? Yeah, a lot of questions. Um, that's why it's so important of whether or not the playoff hopes are still alive after this week. There's definitely still plenty to be playing for. I want to go back before we close up shop here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals 1. A reminder, support this year's Toy Drive presented by Desert Financial Credit Union prior to the Monday night game against the Patriots. Bring a new unwrapped toy to the game and drop it off at a location point outside State Farm Stadium. There are location points all over the stadium, and the Toy Drive benefits Arizona Helping Hands. You brought up Kelvin Beecham and your sideline exchange, which can be found on azcardinals.com and all the social platforms as well. I, I cannot say enough good things about Kelvin Beecham and what he has done for this organization on and off the field. 33 years old, does he want to play next season? If he does, what do the Cardinals do in response, given their situation at the tackle spot? But Kelvin Beecham, to me, I think has really stepped forward in that offensive line room and the entire locker room as well, based off of what has happened this season, being that voice, if you will, especially in the O-line room. And not just leading by example in terms of the locker room and that you know going on to the field, but also what he does in the community. He does so much work in the community it's how he spent majority of his bye week and you can hear more about um the the projects he's passionate about and what he's working on in the sideline exchange interview cardinals fans you can also vote for kelvin beecham as well as the other cardinals that are eligible for the pro bowl games in vegas in february you can vote on nfl.com or you can go on twitter you can either tag the player or simply type their name along with the hashtag pro bowl vote the latest voting results released on Wednesday. Buda Baker for the second straight week continues to lead all NFC safeties. J.J. Watt in the top 10 for NFC defensive linemen. And outside of those two, maybe a Calvin Beecham should be a part of that discussion. I don't know if there's many more players that are really worthy. DeAndre Hopkins is ineligible based off his suspension to begin the season. There are just not a lot of players that are having Pro Bowl caliber seasons, and that goes back to when you're 4-8, and eight, you really don't have anyone that's played that well because if they were, if you had more, then you'd be 8-4 and four as opposed to 4-8. and eight. Yeah, there are still things that can happen. Whichever two teams go to the Super Bowl don't participate in the Pro Bowl game, so you have alternates that go in, and the votes come from players, coaches, and fans all alike, so... Your vote matters. And you can also write in Danny Sarek if you want to as well. Well, I don't know that that vote matters, no. but if you feel that way, go ahead and let me know. Every vote matters. We should all know that. Every vote <laughs> matters. So, yeah, just write in Danny. It's By the way, it's D-A-N-I. Yes. Make sure you spell it correctly Thank as you. well. Yes. Your dad will appreciate it. I did that for you <laughs> on the shout-out. 
And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.